<clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. You are listening to the Coaching Happiness Podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Welcome to episode 23 of the Coaching Happiness Podcast. My name is Kathy Ranieses, and I'm a life coach, speaker, and founder of Coaching Happiness, a coaching service focused on hard work whose mission is to create a better world, one person at a time. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, Podmetrics, Centro Holistico, Ayumi Japan Eyelash and Nail Art, who are partnered with Dot1101 in Japan, and Kangen Water PH. Revolutionize your health with water. If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, check out Local Lojas, whose hosts, Jam and Dapsky, talk about anything and everything under the sun in this quirky pop culture podcast. Captain America, evil demon clowns, alien conspiracies, all that good stuff. To learn more about the shows and the network, you can go to www.podcastnetwork.asia. So, how have you been, my darlings? I just wanted to check in and share that my year has been off to a great start. I'm actually a little bit surprised. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) I've partnered with some amazing folks for online workshops and other fun activities for coaching happiness, as well as some other things to help support your health and wellness, because I've never seen a happy person that's struggling with their health. I've also been working on boundaries this year, and I've been very mindful now of the people I allow into my space. I think for for most of last year, I just let everybody in just because I was stuck at home by myself and I just really needed the company. But I realized that I felt so drained after and that these relationships just weren't working for me because they were just taking and taking and taking. So it wasn't exactly a win-win, if you know what I mean. And what I realized was once I started to have stronger boundaries for myself and, you know, telling that to people, I actually was able to let go of a lot of things that I felt was like in my comfort zone um, that, you know, I, I, I really felt bad to kind of let go of, but once I was able to do that, um, a lot of other opportunities came into my life. That was just really fantastic. Um, and you know, I think I learned like that, that lesson there was, I really needed to let go of, you know, a lot of these people and a lot of, of, of this just taking energy in order for this new energy to just come into my life and just give me that that abundance that feeling of abundance so this left me with like a huge aha moment and because of that i have something that i really want to get off my chest and that is that i don't feel like i'm selfish enough does that sound weird or wrong to you last year was just so challenging for me in so many ways, but one opportunity has risen out of all that chaos, grief, and misery. It, this gave me the, the opportunity, the, the grace of time 
to pause and prioritize myself more. It made me realize, and this is huge for, for someone whose job it is to be of service to others, that I needed to be more selfish. Selfish is, it's often seen as a negative word, but honestly, this is the year where I'm looking at it as a good thing because it's turned boundaries from an an extra perk that only the most self-aware benefit from to an essential life skill that I think we must all have to survive. So when I interact with people now, I am more mindful when I need to stand up for myself more and because I don't allow people in and I don't give them as much access to me as before, I really made it a priority to put myself on top of my own list. Not everyone reacted positively to that. And I think a few friends were disappointed that they couldn't get the same effort for me as they did before. But it occurred to me that there is no way I could look after myself while making the comfort of others a priority. This all goes back to the idea, right, of of self-care and self-love. But a lot of the time, we only take care of ourselves after we've taken care of everyone else. In the Filipino culture, we're taught this at an early age. I think especially those with younger siblings, or at least like this has been my experience and what I kind of see from like my cousins and my friends growing up is hearing statements from parents like, oh, aalis kami, alagaan mo yung kapatid mo. Or, intindihin mo na lang siya kasi mas, mas, mas bata siya sayo. Or something similar like that, right? The problem is, once you've done that, There's rarely any time and energy left for you. And whether we realize it or not, we were trained to put other people before us. And, you know, if you put yourself before other people, you know, you are taught to feel guilty or have shame around it. And that's why I believe selfishness is extra important this year and 2020 was the year that proved that without boundaries, you will burn out. We all experienced this dip in energy. We were doing less than ever before, but we were more more shattered in daily life. I've been sheltering in place with my two dogs and working off of my laptop with only my best friend allowed to visit. And everything is delivered as much as possible. And I'm actually kind of happy that the Philippines has finally started to go cashless. And while this is and was normal, we're living through a global pandemic and that is exhausting. If you didn't respect the fact that you, just like everyone else, had a lower emotional capacity than normal since last year, you would have suffered through 2020. And that's why boundaries massively help. But first, you have to believe that you deserve to put yourself first, stand up for yourself, and set up those boundaries. I think the first boundary that was essential for surviving this long lockdown here in the Philippines with your mental well-being intact was really boundarying how many conversations about coronavirus and the politicking around COVID you were willing to have. You know, bring back to mind like last year, the very beginning of all this, 
And it was really hard to talk to any person with a pulse without it being the majority of the conversation. Even people who rarely check the news were like, checking it every day, going online and looking for those constant reminders of the rising number of cases in their area, um, the increasing death toll. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't so helpful as it kind of, you know, kind of went along. So learning how to boundary the number of conversations like that by saying, you know, can we talk about something else? Or I really don't want to talk about this was important. I was, it was crazy. I was even doing webinars with teams and organizations, teaching people how not to keep bringing up the topic and how to shift the topic to something else aside from catastrophizing what was going on. Like, ganun siya kalala. Without boundaries in the workplace, converting to work from home meant an inability to ever stop working. Did you guys notice that at all? As someone who has worked from home for years, I remember the first two or three years were the most difficult for for me when I started the transition because being at an office really provided the natural distractions from coworkers to a designated lunch hour, right? There was there was a there was a there was some structure there. But without that, I had the benefit of realizing how effective working alone was for me. But the downside was if you didn't know how to set boundaries, you would never stop working. Believe me, I, I know how that feels. Um, let me share this nightmare of an experience that I had when I put up my first business with a couple of partners, which was a social media agency. And it was, it was so it started out really small and, you know, we had a handful of employees and us, and we rented out a mid-sized two bedroom condo where I actually lived in along with another partner, but like she would travel back and forth from the States and probably be here like a month and then in the States for three. So it was mostly really just me living there. And we turned the living room into our quote unquote office where our employees would come in in the mornings and stay sometimes overnight so we could meet deadlines. So I was basically living at the office (laughs) and it became really, really toxic. And at the end, I really, I had to leave for my, my, my mental well-being. Using phrases like, you know, I got your email, I'll get back to you on Monday, enjoy the weekend, or simply turning my phone on airplane mode meant I could actually take a break and, you know, in turn, have more energy for when I did work. Now, nowadays, just because you aren't leaving a physical office doesn't mean work still has to have access to you, right? And I just wanted to bring to light that a lot of people aren't really working from home because their home simply just isn't set up for it. They don't have a home office that they can work in, right? Most people that are working from home now are working out of their dining room table or their living room or their bedroom. And they're taking Zoom meetings with the rest of the family around them, sometimes with kids running around, you know, or also trying to to listen to their teachers online, etc. And it really isn't a setup for success in any sense. 
So if this is you and if this is what you're experiencing, just be kinder to yourself, my darling. Now, going back to the topic at hand, there is a difference between being centered on yourself and being selfish in the traditional you know, sense of the word. While many of us consistently ruminate about ourselves and our position in the world, we aren't typically ruthlessly going around and taking things for others so that others can't enjoy them. The word selfish almost always has a negative connotation, like caring only about yourself while disregarding others. But it's time to rebrand, I feel, the word in order to highlight how healthy and productive selfishness can be. Um, The other side, or the good side of selfishness, let's say, is that you can take care of yourself enough to be in top form, doing whatever you want to spend energy on, whether it be taking care of your kids, excelling at work, and maintaining great relationships. In fact, even staying alive requires a certain amount of selfishness, right? You, You have to eat. You have to sleep. You have to get yourself some kind of shelter. These are examples of a necessary and healthy selfishness. So if you're still harboring feelings of guilt and shame around putting yourself first because you're stuck on the limiting belief that you should always put others first, allow me to help with reprogramming that. So I've come up with five good arguments for you to flip that into a belief that would work for you. But first, do you want to know how I collab with brands in the Coaching Happiness podcast? I'll let you in on a secret. I use Podmetrics. It's the easiest way to monetize your podcast. If you already have a podcast set up already, sign up at podmetrics.co and use the code COACHINGHAPPINESS, one word, all caps, to get full control of how you monetize your show regardless of its size. If you're an advertiser who wants to collab with me on the Coaching Happiness podcast, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and just fill out that form. Okay. So let's get back to changing your beliefs about putting yourself first. Reason number one is being selfish in some areas can actually allow you to be more generous in others. So this concept can also be easily compared to giving your car fuel and oil so that you don't break down from attempting to run an empty. It's called self-care a term that I feel was overused last year with not many people fully appreciating what that really meant. Now, the World Health Organization gives a very broad definition of the concept of self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, and maintain health and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. (laughs) That's a bit of a mouthful. But in this day and age, the concept has blossomed to include making sure to give yourself more of the things you need to be happy 
and cutting down on those self-sacrificing outlays of your valuable energy while still being responsible. The idea is that the happier, healthier, and more self-fulfilled you are, the more you'll have to give to the causes and people who matter most to you. Basically, you make sure that your own cup is full first and just give others your overflow. It sounds, it sounds nice, no? But it really, it's easier said than done. And being aware of how much of yourself you really give away is key. Number two is you have more time for the things you love. Now, who doesn't want that? You've probably heard of the phenomenon that some people, usually women, are constant caretakers, doers, and helpers, sometimes at the expense of their own health and happiness. These people are known for their inability to say no, to doing a favor, to staying late at work, to picking up the slack on someone else's project. The list goes on. Ang tawag natin sa mga yan, Right? Sometimes I feel this also comes about from a limiting belief that we have about ourselves that I am not enough. And maybe by doing more for others, I can prove my, my value to them. Now, with that in mind, I remember a piece of advice from Dr. Melanie Ross Mills. She's a therapist and a radio relationship expert who recommends guarding your time, talent, and treasure so that you can give out your time, talent, and treasure elsewhere. The idea is that when you protect your time by saying no to things that either aren't enriching or interesting to you, you can learn to identify and develop your real areas of unique talent. And those areas are where you have the most to contribute to others and the world around you anyway. So she says, the more you embrace your worth and identity through self-discovery, the easier it will be to say no when needed and yes when prompted. And I agree with that 100%. In all honesty, like I see this happening a lot in the Filipino home where the children usually only leave the nest when they get married. And sometimes not even, they still stay with their parents, right? Growing up, we are told how to think, how to act, what course to take up, and basically how to live because of, you know, the guilting of habang nandun ka sa poder ng magulang mo, sila yung susundin mo. So a lot of Filipino adults don't necessarily know who they are even until they leave their parents' homes and start realizing how different their own thoughts and beliefs are, and are then choosing the direction of their growth. As you invest in yourself, you'll have more to offer the world around you. The time you spend learning about yourself, developing your talents, and sharing your treasure will be used to love others in greater ways. And you'll often be offered more insight and wisdom on a topic. You know, you'll help friends that will benefit from your skill sets, maybe. So create those boundaries and stick to them and see if your true self comes to light. Okay, that was a lot to unpack for reason number two. Moving on to reason number three, you can stop blaming others for your problems. 
How about that? <laughs> when you're constantly overgiving of yourself, your time and your energy to others, there's no way around it. At some point, you will start to feel some resentment. And while sacrificing for others can build trust and a realization of the joy in seeing others' needs or wants met, when doing too much, self-sacrifice can morph into martyrdom. A sense of constantly doing for others at a huge expense to yourself. And for true success, you really need self-awareness and the courage to say that's enough. You know, I, I say this a lot, like we love to live with our victim mentality, like a lot of the time. And really in order to, to start moving away from that, oh, I'm so kawawa mentality and, you know, developing those, those boundaries is you really need to have to, to, to start being a lot more selfish, putting yourself first. So this means that you're aware of your own needs or what's important for you to succeed. You don't believe or live as if working on your own goals is selfish. However, you're also aware of those around you and will feel more fulfilled as a person if you're not always focusing on self. You also give, but without resentment or overkill. So you are you have gone past that victim mentality and you know exactly just how much you can give of yourself and you can just stop there. Okay, number four, and this was my biggest learning on being selfish and establishing stronger boundaries, is that you'll be physically and emotionally healthier. What does this mean? Well, remember my story from earlier about how I made the worst decision ever by turning my home into the company office? Well, not only did that lack of a boundary make me absolutely miserable, it made me really sick for a long time too. The stress was so bad, it triggered my hypothyroid and I was just bloated and lethargic for months after that. It took me over two years to get my physical and mental health back on track. So please don't be like me. <laughs> so how will this concept maybe work for you? I know my, my example was a little bit extreme. So imagine if you have a ton of work to do, it's probably not much of a stretch to visualize, but you decide to take the time out to take an online yoga class anyway. What happens to you then? Right. Well, you will probably finish whatever work it is that you were doing a little bit later than you would have. But at the same time, you would also feel refreshed and invigorated from exercising and clearing your head with the stretching and the meditation. This concept is what psychologists like to refer to as healthy selfishness. If you think about everything we do for survival, such as sleeping and eating, those are examples of behaviors associated with a healthy selfishness. We need to participate in these behaviors in order to survive, right? We need to, we need to participate in other behaviors to be healthy, such as taking time out of the day for us, what we call me time, and to relax and distress. 
For some that may be going on a run or going to the gym, for others that may mean a quiet and relaxing bath, you know, whatever it is, it is needed to allow you to de-stress, refocus, and be able to be productive and accomplish what you need to accomplish. Without some of these behaviors and acts of healthy selfishness, you will eventually burn out and not be productive in any aspect of our life, be that personal or professional. One of my favorite ways to de-stress is to play video games. I know I'm a child (laughs) and I have zero guilt or shame about wanting to unwind, letting my brain reset and enjoying a good RPG. You know, that's what works for me. (laughs) And lastly, number five is you will feel more balanced. So how do you live a balanced life? For some, it's all about planning out your time and energy with intentionality. This is something that I like to do, and I love doing it old school, writing things down on a paper planner instead of the the digital route. If the word selfish is a term that you still cannot disassociate with a negative feeling, then maybe the words balance, self-care, self-expression, or simply purpose would resonate with you better. So how do you know if you've achieved the right balance for you? Some people like to work out their time mathematically, like they're very logical in that sense. So they like to plan it out so they know what their priorities are and how they invest their time. For some, it's 80% me time. So like that's work, exercise, hobbies, etc., And 20% others time. So that's time that could be spent with family, your pets, significant other, you know, whatever that may be. Others want to work towards a more 50-50 because they feel like that's like the right work-life balance. So follow whatever works for you. My technique for balance is having a set morning routine that lets me put myself first before I go on with my day and start being of service to others. So this includes basically my mornings from around 7 to 9 are already blocked in my planner. And this includes my meditation and prayers, a 20-minute yoga session, um, taking my dogs out for a walk in the morning, watering my plants, and journaling before I get breakfast in, I hit the shower, and I start my day. So if anything, I've realized that by being selfish and putting myself first, I've become my own advocate. And that is so important. We don't realize that self-care and self-advocacy comes from a place of self-awareness and worthiness. Being a caretaker, whether you're a parent, a medical professional, a life coach, or a manager, it can be a difficult position to be in while still acting as your own advocate as well. Asking yourself whose needs comes first and learning to fill your own cup first can really help balance this challenge. So I'll leave you with this. Remember that caring for yourself is all about committing to taking care of your own needs the way you would for your very best friend. It's about setting yourself up for balance and success, and it's about valuing your health, opinions, and time. 
You deserve it. And when you are quote unquote selfish enough to set yourself up to feel your best, you'll be able to give your best to the world around you as well. So that wraps it up for this episode. I hope that you got some great value while listening to reasons of why you should be selfish and put yourself first and why that matters. If you'd like to keep up with me, check my upcoming workshops or just want to keep in touch and say hello, you can like and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at coachinghappiness.ph or book a telecoaching session at www.coachinghappiness.ph. Additionally, if you're a wellness warrior and are determined to be part of a sustainable business that promotes health, happiness, and abundance, please follow riseandthrive.ph on Instagram or Facebook and send me or my team a message there so we can talk about how to get you started. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.